you could buy one jersey, like right, you had one jersey to buy right now. Right. What would it be? Like any sport? Any sport. Like let, let's say you have like a coupon for one jersey. A coupon? A coupon? No. Oh, yeah, you got one out of the local magazine. You got a coupon uh, for a jersey. I know some jerseys I wouldn't want to buy right now. Well, but, uh, that's easier <laughs> than the other one. That's actually where I'm going with this. Because, oh. I mean, Thursday night we got Greg's Cubbies oh. and yeah. my Reds in the Field of Dreams game. And those officially, uh, those uniforms officially got released today. I saw those. Both of them very clean. Uh, I have a similar. Not, I have some serious questions about the Reds. I'm not willing to. Uh, Pay three hundred ten dollars plus shipping and taxes on a Mike <laughs> Mustakas jersey. What? Why not? Three hundred ten dollars. <laughs> but maybe a Mike Minor one. Maybe yeah. a Mike Minor one. You know, I'm going Jeff Hoffman. If we're going with anybody, here, it's Jeff Hoffman. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna stick with baseball. Um, I don't know why. I just I've always I loved the I thought the cleanest of the City Connect jerseys thus far are still like the Miami Sugar Kings. No, I just those like, are pretty sweet. I like those with the powder blue and the the red. I think those are sharp as hell. They're clean looking. Got a little pop of color. I the ones that I really like are the 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 San Diego ones and Slam Diego are is, is hot right now. Uh, I hate those. Those are very, they have a lot of color to them. They're definitely uh, the most colorful so far. Uh, I'm going just classic clean. They're flashy. Uh, Give me junior in the 24 white and blue pinstripes, Seattle Mariners. Ah, uh, way you back. Go. Those yeah, are some of the cleanest non Yankees pinstripes. I think. Yeah. So. Those are clean. Do love the, that or, uh, if, I mean, if we're going, if we're going throwback, give me one of those, uh, baby blue Cubs jerseys. Give me the mm. mad dog. Oh, yeah. Little Greg Ooh, Maddox yeah, action. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you there. Yeah, what about a uh, Deshaun Watson? And welcome back to another edition of Thirty Rack of Sports, Ohio's Sports and Beer Podcast. We're back. We're getting hyped. We're back for real this time. We've been kind of in and out. But now, boys, boys, we back. Football is right around the corner. The Hall of Fame game happened last week. Uh, I don't know if anyone watched more than like a quarter of it, if any of it. I, wa- no, I, I watched, I watched like a half of it. I'm not going to lie. I did not bet. You didn't watch the whole game. I did not bet on it, so I'm going to call that a win for me. I'm going to call that growth for me. I almost did. I almost did. In fact, I was working the bar that night, and why uh, would you bet on? What are you going to bet on? Was talking with one of our friends, uh, Uncle Ben, actually. And you just never feel like one. Yeah, bet the over. And but you just feel like such a a a degenerate. You should feel like a degenerate. If you've done it once, it just feels so bad. Coaches don't know what they're doing when they go into preseason games. They're like, well, you know, just. Play it out. We'll see what happens. I was going to say it almost. It's almost like uh, I believe last year I uh, I made a wager on uh, New Mexico State. I want to say it was plus fifty two and a half versus Alabama, and it's just one of those like hold your nose, like man. Hopefully Saban stops playing offense up thirty five to nothing. <laughs> but, like come on, please. Like a halftime situation. That was like a full game. Uh, it was a full game. I think. I think they like missed a, or they didn't kick a field goal at one point or something. They lost by like 54. I was devastated. Uh, I was devastated. 
But you know what I'm not devastated about? Actually, really excited about. Oh, what's that? Uh, this wonderful new edition of 30 Rack of Sports. We've got a tubular beer, a fly beer that uh, we're drinking. A dank beer. A dank beer. Let's be honest here. And, well, I mean, a whole lot of sports to talk about. The, the sports calendar finally heating up. Uh, almost as hot as, as this studio right here, guys. It is warm in here. It and, most importantly, we have the return of our co-host, Zach. Zach, how you doing today? Doing good, my friend. Welcome back. Welcome back. No shank of a comment. Awesome. I feel good. Good to be back. I know. Been missing some time. No, man, we're, we're positive vibes today. Look, there, there have been... way a, too much positive vibes. I, I been, walked in here, and I was like, it's way too upbeat and positive in here for We me. both just kind of smiled at him. It was, yeah, it was, was just like, very, Something's up here. Very off. We're just glad to have you back. We can I finally talk football right now. now. All right, all right. Yeah, hope, certain kinds of football. Let's stay away from certain other kinds of football. You know, nothing... Certain things aren't very important right now. Oh! Beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's cool. For our beer of the week, we are going to Newark, Ohio. Newark? 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 It's Newark. Is it Newark here? It's Newark. Yes. Newark. New York? Newark. Like Newark. 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 That's where the basket is, isn't it? Isn't there a gigantic basket It's like outside of that. Oh, The basket. Towards the Coshocton area. You know what is in Newark, though? Dank House Brewing Company, which is the beer that we are drinking today. We are drinking their American IPA, Spuds McKensley. <laughs> Spuds. Those of you who uh, may not remember Bud Light uh, commercials from the 1980s, this is a little ode to old Spudsy himself. So it's a 7% American IPA. Uh, it's got some nice dry hopping on it. So uh, on it or in it? On it. On it. On it. On the on palate. The right. On the, on the, on the palate. palate. Good verbiage there, Greg. On it. On it as usual. Mm. Always. Pretty good. Pretty good. It is good. First thoughts? Mm. Anyone? Taste that dog dander, but I mean, it tastes delicious. Nah. <laughs> no, I like it. It's good. It's an IPA, man. They hit it out of the park as far as, you know, what you want to have a construction of an IPA taste. That's exactly what you're looking for. Get that extra kind of aroma in there yep. from the, the dry hop. Nice 7.1%. Uh, uh, it does have a great smell. And this was dry hopped with Strata and Idaho 7. So definitely get uh, your... Uh, Idaho 7, my favorite. Your yep. danky aroma in there. You got any fun facts about Spuds McKenzie for us? Well, so it's actually... So it's uh, the beer is actually called Spuds McKinsley. No, I'm aware, but I'm not but an idiot. I know Spuds McKenzie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a whole lot to uh, to break into this, but um, he actually was uh, he first showed up in a Super Bowl twenty one ad in 1987. Uh, Giants defeated the Broncos. Zach, for a 30-second commercial back in 1987, what do you think the cost of a 30-second commercial was? 87. Super Bowl, though. 115K. $600,000. Oh, damn, that's so way more than yeah. I thought. Inflation hasn't kept up like I thought it. 
Well, uh, what they had an estimated eighty-seven point two million viewers. Yeah. For to uh, to hear your boy uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden out there, a little Neil Diamond national anthem. Really cool. So, uh, good old Spudsy, man. Spudsy. Dank House opened uh, 2017, and in 2018, uh, they were a uh, part of a list of 12 brand-new breweries, not in Ohio, in the country. Oh, wow. Uh, top 12 new breweries of 2018. Uh, they were named that in a list uh, from Hop Culture. Wow. Um, and, yeah, again, this is out in Newark. And just looking at their website, some of their space and everything, uh, Dank House, Pretty good name, pretty spot on, right? That there, a uh, lot of flashy merch. Uh, they've definitely got a, they've got a lot of fun. Uh, got a lot of fun beer names too. I mean, obviously, there's Spuds McKinsley. There's Pineapple Blunt Cake, <laughs> Bobby Brown Jaw. Uh, so DDH Couch Kush N. So I get what they're going for. I get what they're going yeah, for. Yeah, they say they specialize <laughs> in uh, IPAs, uh, kettle sours. And uh, stouts, but you'll definitely see some, uh, some other stuff Roof. out of Porter, Pilsner, uh, a brown IPA. Yeah, I was very interested about that, yeah. A brown IPA, obviously. I mean, Ooh, you mentioned... Margarita Gosa. Yeah, some Ooh. margarita. Uh, some fruited sours, so a whole lot of good stuff. Pricky, icky, icky. What are, what are they trying to do here? Uh, pricky, icky, icky. Icky, icky, icky. Maybe Something like, like that? Icky. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We have to ask them. Well, we will have to. But guys, thoughts on this uh, 7% ABV. Uh, pretty heavy on the IBUs. A nice mm -hmm. uh, hoppy taste to the beer. Yeah, that's what I really like about it. I feel like I've had so many IPAs recently that just like really lack the actual like hop bite right. to it. Not necessarily that like bitter undertone or maybe like that kind of hazy grapefruit undertone but like the true actual hop bite oh, yeah. to it and i think i don't know if it's just because of the dry hop and the extra aroma there but i just think it's the a good hop flavor it's like got a said, great right? scent yeah that that's that's always the key when you get the beer and you gotta give it the the smell the test it, it wins the smell test it, it passes yeah and i mean um you know it's got that your typical like kind of the hazy uh, IPA color. So not too hazy, but a little bit of haze in there. Got that nice kind of golden color to it. So overall, uh, I mean, a solid IPA. Ooh, they got live music there too. And it like seems some, like uh... one of their, I mean, more tame beers, but, you know, at least as far as a, a standard, it is a pretty solid beer. I feel like it's good middle ground IPA. Kind of hits all the styles in one a little bit. We'll get back to uh, the can and a little bit more about the brewery in a little bit as we enjoy Spuds McKensley from Dank House Brewing in Newark. Welcome back to 30 Rack of Sports. Talking a little baseball here on a Monday evening. Guys, last week was the big trade deadline in Major League Baseball. Tuesday came and went. Uh, one of Ohio's teams was active. One 
Slightly less so. Whoa. We're not going to talk about the big Sandy Leon trade? Okay. Oh, <laughs> you got I rid said, of my boy? I said slightly. Yeah, I said the slightly. Twins. Oh. Then he went two for four. I, didn't, I missed Twinkies. that one. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, uh, that's kind of, that makes me sad. I missed that. So yeah. starting off with, with your Reds, uh, I mean, several players traded. I mean, starting off, uh, Naquin and Moeller alum Phil Deal. Uh, the real Muller. deal. Moeller. To uh, the Mets, then, you know, uh, uh, kind of a, a small potatoes guy, this Luis Castillo guy, uh, to the Mariners. Small potatoes, small potatoes. come on. Uh, the best fantasy football player of all time, Tommy Pham to the Red Sox. <laughs> uh, Tyler Malley, who I loved hearing whatever Twins fans were calling him for like the next couple of days. Molly, you got like Malley. Molly and you got like Male. Male. Mail. I haven't heard mail before. And then uh, you got mail. The big Drew. <laughs> the big Drew to the Padres. Brandon Drury. So uh, my favorite local sports talk radio is I was listening to uh, Mo Eggert on the way home during trade deadline day, and he was going through the trades, and it was like, and Tommy Pham got traded for who? Who cares? He's a he's a weirdo. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> He is a weird guy. I think no, everyone I know, can agree. He's funny. a weird guy. It's just like, for who? I'm just glad he's not here or something like that. He's a weirdo. I think it was like, uh, what, what? Didn't he get was uh, a player for traded player for, uh, I think it was a player to be named yeah. later. Oh, is he the later? Those are always fun. Yeah, player to be named later. Waiting or, on later. <laughs> or, or. Cash considerations. Cash considerations. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the big, big trades, of course. Uh, first one was Luis Castillo. Uh, they got some high-class prospects from the Mariners. Castillo has another year left on his deal. Uh, got shortstop Noelvi Marte, shortstop Edwin Arroyo, uh, right-handed pitcher Levi Stout, and right-handed pitcher Andrew Moore. Uh, Marte, obviously, the big fish in that, uh, one of the top prospects in baseball. Uh, the other big one was, I, I was actually pretty surprised about how much they got back for him, but uh, Tyler Malley, to the Twins, Spencer Steer, uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand, and left-handed pitcher Steven Hajar. Uh, they got Steers, the number seven prospect for the Twins. They got, uh, and then two top 25 prospects in the other two. Josh, you probably had an idea some of this was coming. But as far as like getting rid of these guys and having just some names you've never heard of that you have to hope for success like two years down the line, it's a pretty solid way to go. Yeah, yeah. I was very impressed with uh, uh, Big Mouth Netflix, Big Mouth creator Nick Kroll, uh, who's also the GM of the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> uh, he just did an absolute fantastic job, knocked it out of the park, as they say in the sport. Uh, I mean, Marte joins... I've heard that before. <laughs> Marte joins Ellie De La Cruz in the Reds farm system right now is just two absolutely superstar must-watch players. Uh, Marte already hitting uh, dingers up in Dayton with the Dragons. Ellie De La Cruz uh, just moved from the Dragons to uh, Chattanooga. The lookouts. He had a donger the other oh, day and just, just threw the bat. Just straight up just one of those, like, put it up. He pimped pull. it. He pimped it oh, up. Oh, pimped the hell out of it. Nice. But, I mean... I, when you're looking at uh, MLB.com, they ranked all of the prospects that were moved at the deadline. And of that list, the Reds got the number one, number seven, and number eight prospect, number one being Noelvi uh, Marte. 
And Marte, he's slashing 272, 355, 462 with 17 home runs and 14 stolen bases this season. He's still in high A, right? He uh, That was C- Seattle high A and Cincinnati high A. Yep. De La Cruz, 303, 356, 606 with 24 home runs and 34 stolen bases. That's between high A and double A. I mean, those are must-watch guys right now. The Reds now own four of the top 70 prospects in baseball. At five, if you count Nick Lodolo. Nick Lodolo's up, though. Been up. Uh, I just... I mean, it's been fantastic to see oh, yeah. them. I mean, as much trash as they get, man, like, as much... as Well, they, they should get trash. Uh, yeah. This is the first time... Now but they have a plan. More to speak to the minor league development than the front office. Like, look at, you know, Lodolo, Green, and Ascraft, the graduates of the minor league, this year, up with the Reds. You know, going into August, their last three combined starts were just over 20 innings pitched, one earned run, 18 strikeouts. Now, right. the week after, Green, small injury setback, and Lodolo and... Ashcraft got yeah. uh, not great, not bad, not great outings. But still, I mean, you're They're seeing... also probably been forced a little bit early because yeah, of how bad right. the team is in general. You're seeing some development. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. For I think sure, that's the positive sure. sign and, that's kind for, of... For the first time in 10 years right. that you've been doing this. Yeah. So. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, looking at, uh, you know, ESPN did a, a kind of re-rank based on values of uh, teams, uh, you know, farm yeah. system values. And some some of the changes come from trades the draft and then in certain situations uh players quote unquote graduate to the major leagues right. so obviously they come off there uh the reds started uh 20th in farm system at the beginning of the year uh, 167 million are now up to ninth at 273 million so you know obviously ellie de la cruz you know stocks have gone up on a lot of players uh cam collier but they've just done a really good job of you know, investing in their team. And obviously, you know, some fans aren't a huge fan of, uh, uh, you know, aligning payroll to resources or whatever the hell they call it. But, you know, at least they're getting something good out of it. And at least there's a plan and it's not this kind of uh, red system of like kind of half-assing it, trading players too late and kind of having this half-assed, uh, minor league system that's usually not great with also a major league team that's not great right that's exactly what i was you know to sum to sum up all of our points here i think that thing that gets lost is you know a lot of reds fans are like oh they got they got like what two two or three shortstops in all of this like they got all these shortstop prospects and they're getting all these other prospects but they're trading away these guys it's like yes they're going all in on getting multiple prospects we now have depth in the farm system especially at shortstop where the reds have just been right miserable well for that's what years. the indians have well, done for years you, and so you, they draft of, center fielders you draft shortstops because those are two positions but instead of like yeah, early can, 2010s play we're not just getting a couple prospects oh, and then yeah. slapping a scott Rowland band-aid on it or something yeah and hoping for the best and i mean <laughs> St. Louis cardinals great scott J- jacob Degrom <laughs> was drafted as a shortstop so it's not like uh it's not yeah. exactly like, you know, guys that are in, like, high A are going to stay at shortstop for forever. And, I mean, you've seen, oh, you no, know, guys no, at no. AAA or whatever have moved. And, like if you anything, said, you get someone at a position where they can be athletic. A premium I mean, heck, a position. You those can guys can play, play yeah, elsewhere. third. Yeah. I mean, heck, even third and second are pretty easy adjustments for those guys. Yeah, to an extent. So, sure, sure. You, well, I mean, when you're starting at high A, you know, you have to. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what I'm saying, yeah. So. How, how are we uh, looking north, though? Uh, so an interesting thought going on to that, this is where I was going to flip it over. 
the number two farm system uh, that started the preseason at uh, ninth at $259 million, did lose one player out of their farm system because he graduated to the major leagues in uh, the Quantumal. The Quan. Uh, but now second at $317 million, only behind the Baltimore Orioles, your Cleveland Guardians. Hey. Uh, obviously, some big players on the rise. <laughs> Daniel Espino, you know, George uh, George Valera, who just got called up to uh, Columbus, who's yep. been mashing the ball. I mean, just a well, lot of good Brennan, players. Younger Naylor, Bo. So, I mean, you look at the Guardians. Gavin some Williams. people were, were hoping to do something, you know, when you when I was listening to uh, I think it was That's MLB dumb. Network, they were talking about how quiet the Central had been until like it's aside of the Twins, and then I think at the very end, the Tigers traded like one or two people. But it right. was like you know, the White Sox didn't do much, the Guardians didn't do much, the Twins did a lot, and then the Royals and Tigers made a few like small moves. But oh, you Sandy Leon Leon do no talking about that cash considerations, bruh. <laughs> big old, big old CCs. Just for your consideration. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, taking a yeah. look at the Guardians right now, and also probably the bigger news has been, you know, on the uh, on the side of of different transactions. Uh, you know, you look at the at their opening day lineup. Uh, obviously, Bobby Bradley, their first baseman, yeah. released. Gone. Uh, yeah. Franville Reyes, DFA, just claimed by the Cubs. So, you know, a lot of turnover, but obviously a, a lot of, you know, young guys coming up. I mean, you know, watching the game uh, yesterday, you had Owen Miller at first, Oscar Gonzalez, Owen you know, back. Yeah. obviously um, a lot of talented players all over the, all over the uh, field, not enough places for some of them. And uh, when guys aren't, you know, there's a, there's, there's a bottleneck now. The bottleneck was in double and triple A last year. Now it's in yeah. the majors. Um it's it's a terrible it's not terrible it's a great it's a great situation being you still I mean Will Benson their 2016 first round pick finally got called up this past week um you still got Will Brennan the Wills Will Brennan down there in AAA he's obviously gonna need to get a look George Valera um Arias has struggled a little bit Gabriel Arias but he's been up a couple times for some cups of coffee um you know you have like you said Espino has been shut down for now that's that kid's going to be – he's a can't-miss number one starting pitcher. Um, Kevin Williamson, Bo Naylor down there. Maybe he could provide some offense next year. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are upset that they didn't do anything, but I, I love – this is – the guards always have a plan, man, and they're sticking to it. You know, they called on, like, Juan Soto. They wanted a Spino. They're like, nah, we out. Um, I would not trade for that. Um no, I mean, yeah, they got to write out. They got to find guys at bats, which is why I think in most teams, most situations, they would have rode Fran Mill out to see if he could finally figure it out. And Fran Cono said as much. In a normal year, we would have done that, but he's taken up at bats and he's not providing right. anything whatsoever. Um, you know, so. I mean, that's my only reason to see it or to look at it really is to look at it from uh, like who he's taking uh, exactly, plate appearances yeah. from because, I mean, he still had a, a 92.2 av- average exit velo. Uh, that's top 20. Uh, 8.2 barrels per plate appearances. That's that was highest barrel uh, uh, rate right. per plate appearances on the roster. 30th best, 30, uh, 33rd best in the MLB, excuse me. 
So like, there's definitely a lot still there. Well, I, I think, think he's gonna. He needed to change his scene. I think he was. And yeah, I think you know Cubs fans, not, Greg, can maybe you know hope that out. you know he he has some development in the off season, and gets back to where he was. But yeah, when you have the capital that Cleveland does right now, like and has they're going to make a lot years. of moves. But I tell any Guardians fans, calm down. They're going to ride out this year, and they're they're in the thick of it. They might actually make the playoffs. So it's what's calm, which would be shocking. Shocking, utterly shocking coming this year. A lot of people picked them to finish like second or last in the AL Central. Um, so what they've done already is remarkable. They're gonna have a lot of hard decisions this offseason, but they will definitely be making moves once they have a full purview of the prospects that they have ready, who fits where. They're gonna have a ton of other expendable prospects that they can trade. Uh, they got David Blitzker now on the path to become potentially full ownership in the next you know five years, uh, billionaire. They'll make some moves. Spud McKenzie, a light bud. Not into costumes, but you like a reason for beer. No problem sport this Spud, Spud t-shirt without any fear. Perhaps good old Spud can help us beat away Corona. If not, at least the taste of Bud is like a tasty bona. That's a poem slash slam poetry by Shannon Marie Claire Angermeyer Norman poetry.com about Spud McKenzie. <laughs> so the real Spud McKenzie or Spud? The, the real Spud McKenzie. The real McKenzie. Spud McKenzie, who this was based off of. This the, the, Spud McKenzie. The, the idol who uh, inspired Spud's McKenzie. Um, if we want any, do you want any reviews from Spud's McKenzie? I'll love take some reviews. My review is uh, is an A. I, I love it. Uh, Cheers well, to Dank House. Great, great IPA. If if you're wondering what Tony K is saying, he's drinking a Spud's McKenzie at Sexual Chocolate Band Practice. He said a solid IPA from somewhere in Ohio. Isn't that really? Most IPAs, just a solid IPA. Solid IPA. That's, mean, that's the that's that's at least what you can say. Everyone's solid. Some are fantastic. Great, great. A uh, few singles from uh, what is that? Randy Watson and sec Sexual Chocolate. Great reference there. But uh, such a random reference. Looked more into uh, the Dank House space guys. Uh, not only do they specialize in great IPAs like this one here, they place so much emphasis on emphasis emphasis on the hoppy dankiness i want you to take a look here at uh and we'll try and get this on social media Whoa. look at that chandelier right there that's that lighting fixture is a a hop basically uh hanging upside down and a feature in their uh tap room everything's kind of black and white and uh kind of accented by this it's not lime green neon green <laughs> call uh, me sia because i'm gonna drink from the chandelier. I was wondering where you were going for, with that for a minute. Don't break, don't break one of my You're windows. You're dating yourself, bro. But they just have Sia this. Sia like, is dating me like 2012. No, like you're dating. You're like that's like a mid. That's like a 2010s reference. But I mean, look at their look at their brew house here. Small ten barrel system, but look at that floor. Yeah. Also got the green going on. I, lo just, I uh, love. I love that. Like, a lot of green. That like electric green almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. They just. Yeah. Such an emphasis on the dankiness. Well, also, you want to talk about something else? What do you that, think they're referring to by dank? Uh, What's another word? Where else is dank? You, uh, you, know, you know where you know where they're referring to? How dank Spuds McKenzie is on that can. You get a dog with some cool shades. Dude, yeah, these, look, at can. Can. look at this can. Look at him ride that board, man. I mean, he's he's riding the wave. At first off, 
I mean, you get you get a sick sick lick like this up on the up on the water. You got to ride that in, take it all the way, drop in. All I'm saying is, just get pitted. I'm a fan of the brewery, fellas. If you're listening, I'll bring an eighth with us. We'll chill out back. We'll drink some dank beer and we'll <laughs> smoke some dank weed. That's all I'm gonna say. I as mean, long as we get pitted, if we're getting pitted with some sure. dank house beers, for sure. look, that's fine for sure. Would you bring that to a place that has a beer called Pricky Icky Icky? Yes, 100%. <laughs> and I'll bring... Uh, you know what? Nate's not enough. You're right. You're right. I'll bring a half. Don't worry. A good, some good campsites out in uh, Newark. We'll camp in Hocking Hills. Coshocton. Fresno. Census location. Hey, all in all, it's a 740, fellas. Yeah, great beer out that way. Shout out Dank House. Shout out Dank House. Shout good. out Dank House and shout out Spuds McKensley, their IPA. Fellas, it is August, which means football is back. Ooh, I just had like a weird, like fuzzy out of body thing. Like we're we're doing this. We're talking football finally. Guys, just hit me. We're doing this. Fall camps are starting. Training camps are starting. Football is back. We are on our way to starting college football here in just a few weeks. Preseason rankings came out today. Uh, the number one team in the nation, the Alabama Crimson Tide. We don't really care enough to talk about them. Nick Saban, rebuilding, whatever. <laughs> um, but guys, some interesting other teams. I mean, Ohio State at two. Uh, their conference, their future conference brethren at number fifteen, the USC Trojans. Zach, I don't believe you've been here since. I'm not the big move. Yeah. Uh, the Big Ten adding USC and UCLA. Uh, you know, nothing says Midwest quite like Los uh, Angeles. Am I right? <laughs> oh, as, as someone who's been there, yeah, a couple times. Yeah, it's uh, wildly Midwest. It's very slow paced. Uh, not a lot going on. A lot of corn out there. A lot of corn. Tons of corn. Tons of corn. Um, no, I, yeah, that was a shocker a little bit when I, when I came over my phone. Look, if I don't get a couple opes out there, is there? Ope. Yeah, ope? they got they got to get the ope. Eminem officially has confirmed it was ope, not o. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a big move. Um, I love how Kevin Warren went from looking like a, a dope during the pandemic to now looking like a badass, making all these backdoor deals for an alliance and then being like, yeah, we're going to take your uh, flagship university and, and the other guy <laughs> with us. <laughs> to be fair to Kevin Warren, though, they came to them and literally told the Big Ten, you take us or we're going somewhere else. What are you going to do at that point? And you're like, yeah, come on in. I'm you're so I'm so I'm so upset your hat just fell off because it was it was so far like just precariously sitting on the back of your head, I was going to start tilting my hat further and further <laughs> back and see how far we could go. But but I agree with what you're saying there and where they are in their situation, especially with Kevin Warren, who I feel like has been... Um, He's looked like a fool. Yeah, kind of drug himself through the mud oh, over yeah. years, has a lot of saving face to do. He certainly is going to take this opportunity. If you USC... They were going to go elsewhere. Well, the point. well, the thing is, I mean, you look at them, both were kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say backs against the wall, but both were in a precarious situation. You know, Texas and Oklahoma, which are two solid brands, 
Moving to the that would go the Big Ten. Moving to the SEC. Uh, so the Big Ten so looking for someone mediocre to uh, the rest of their lives. Big Ten looking for someone to counter. USC and UCLA in a precarious predicament. Obviously, UC- USC needing some money. UCLA in a pretty dire sports. Yeah. Uh, well, they'll make up for all their debt in one year, that new yeah. contract. So, so you know, some weird stuff, especially with their Under Armour contract and whatnot. Yeah. So, you know, them moving puts both conferences, you know, at 16 teams, you know, in the next couple of years moving forward. So right now, you know, if you include future Big Ten member USC, five of the top 25 in uh, coming from the Big Ten, also 26 and 27. If you include, uh, you know, Iowa and Penn State just on the outside looking in. It's genius by Kevin Warren. And once again, the Big Ten. Let's let's be real for a minute. Let's be real. Let's get real about this. Zach. The Zach, big the Zach, college football is Zach, all about We money. are always real on 30 <laughs> Rack. Oh, this isn't on. just some fantasy. <laughs> hold on. Let me let me zone in real quick. All right. All right. No, I'm gonna real. say is college football has been and and you know, you can throw men's basketball in there too, right? It's been about the money, right? And the in US you know, what the best CC did with adding Oklahoma and Texas was like it's a blue blood thing, but that adds no that has no TV contracts to your money. You're not adding any value to your TV contract. But the Big Ten has done as they went and got Rutgers, which everybody made fun of. But what did that bring? The New York City media market. Then they bring in UCLA and USC, the LA media market. They already had Chicago media market. They they have the DMV with Maryland. See, but that's no one's almost ever going to touch the Big Ten financially because they have the three biggest media markets in the country. In their no other conference can do that. Yeah. Now, well, moving more to streaming, it's 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 less about that and more about you know some of the brands that you can get. But they, but still, they also was, have like they also have the brands. Notre Dame will be joining the Big Ten. I was just at some about point. to say that's Notre Dame deal. thinks NBC can do that, but yeah, they won't. Bro, no, and everybody knows Notre Dame will eventually join. They will. They'll join the Big Ten. So they're set. No one's going to be able to touch and forever that you, you know, SCC can claim whatever they want, you know, taking digs at media day. Well, ours is all congruent. We can all touch each other's state. Well, who gives a fuck when we're making, you know, another $60 million more than each of you are making. Yeah. And so so then I guess the next question is, is what happens in the future? You know, obviously a ton, you know, about half of the top 25 is SEC and, you know, big 10, at least, now we're future, you know, you yeah. include the Texas, right, right, Oklahoma, right, right. USC, but then you have, you know, you have your, uh, you know, your Clemson's, NC State's, I, I guess Wake Forest is up there, but, you know, your ACC schools that are in that weird, like, 10-year grant of rights, yeah. you have your, yeah. you know, Utah, Oregon, uh, you know, some, I, you know, all those teams that are kind of, you know, Washington that are on this weird, like, do we jump ship somewhere? Do we try to rebuild? And then you have the Big 12, which is almost like this like solid conference, almost of like people that have kind of gotten lost. Where it's like, well, no one really wants or you know Oregon State with or uh, Oklahoma State without Oklahoma, right? But now you kind of have all of. I mean, I almost hate to. You got a bunch of really solid men's basketball brands. But as you know, football is obviously like a whole different level as far as making money. You've got all these like secondary brands, which almost you know kind of makes it a solid conference. I, I think yeah. I heard someone, I think it was Gary Parish on the Iron College Basketball, said, you know, you have it's almost nicer 
to be in the Big 12 position than the Pac-12. Because right. more or less you have these schools that nobody really wants. You know, the big, the big conferences don't really want. Yeah. So you kind of have strength in there where you're like, maybe, you know, maybe the Big 10 picks off Can't. Oregon or Washington oh, still. Yeah. Maybe, you know, the SEC picks off, you know, Clemson and Miami, you know, stuff or like Florida that, State. where you yeah. kind of have that weird area. Do you think there will be another big domino to fall in the next year or two, or do you think it's almost like a holding pattern until 2025? Um, you know, I, I thought the Pac-12 and Big 12 should have combined right now. They should have said, we're doing it. I know there's a lot to work out there. That's awkward. Who's going to be commissioner? Something I always thought of, like, who who decided? Me or you? No, but you know what I'm saying. Like, so, And a lot of people lose their jobs kind of in no, that, that middleman. No, 100%. But, you know, and I know that apparently, you know, the Pac-12 initially tried to make it sound like um, Karkaliv or whatever. The Pac-12 commissioner shut that down. Apparently, the Big 12 shut that down. They were like, nah, we're done talking about it. But um, I thought that's a, I think that's a lost cause. Because if they could combine just strength in numbers, and there's like solid, like you point out, there's there's no big brands but there's enough solid brands or if you just combine and say hey we're gonna take the best 16 or 18 best teams you know what i mean maybe a couple teams that's, get kind of left out but then you go you know you form almost like a third conference of the best of the rest yeah but that's what i'm saying though yeah but i mean you could do that but that's my point like they they, they had they lost i think they've lost an opportunity and they could still come around because i i believe the sec is done they're gonna wait out the waters here why not maybe florida state but again, all those AC schools are locked in, and I don't think they want to get involved. They're not with... going to do anything until someone from the ACC challenges that grant of rights right. themselves. And, and I know if anybody knows anything about their athletic department, not in great shape. So I don't think they're going to be trying to finance things of yeah. such nature. And uh, if you're if you're not familiar, uh, just with where the ACC is, when all of the turnover was happening in the last. Uh, the last, you know, TV deals, conference realignment in, you know, the the early to mid 2010s, they basically did this grant of rights, which is kind of what's uh, what Texas and Oklahoma are in with mm-hmm. the Big 12 through through 2025, but theirs is through somewhere in the mid 2030s, yeah. I think 2034 or something. Like but basically, what it is is all these schools, you know, once Maryland left, they said, "Hey, we have our TV deal. We're going to lock it in," and basically the conference owns your money. So like, even if I, I guess, even if you were to leave all the money that you earn from a TV deal goes into the conference, they own so, the, the image rights. To, yeah. So like if they had left, if Florida state left for the SEC, it's like, you know, screw you, whatever money, like the SEC would have to pay the ACC money for showing Florida State games on the field, and like that, yeah, all that well, money would all go the to ACC. all the money that Florida State would earn would right. go into the pot. That's and I'm I saying, believe yeah. the ACC could be like, well, you're not earning any of this money, so basically, to pay out of it, it would be like a, you know, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. I don't think the ACC or the SEC want that. That's another reason why I yeah. think the Big Ten's in the driver's seat. But I like, I don't know. If the Notre bet- Dame moves, sorry, Josh. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying Notre going, Dame moves to the Big Ten, which I think is the common common spot that even themselves would admit. Yeah, as much as they like to toy at the Big Ten and give them the finger, like they will just move to the Big yeah. Ten. Then, Notre, yeah, again, I think Ohio State, I think the Big Ten's already set up. I think they already have a 
backdoor agreements with like Oregon and some of these schools. I was about but to we're say we're gonna wait on Notre Dame. But exactly, as soon as they yeah. go boom, boom, those are done. The Big Who, Ten will and then after off. that, if, if if the Big Ten gets Notre Dame and just say they go to eighteen, you know, usually it's it's two at a time or so. Who else does the Big Ten take with Notre Dame? Do they just try to get like an Oregon or a Washington? Do they try to go for like a North Carolina or something? North Carolina. North Carolina is a fair one. I think North Carolina is one thing on the East Coast. I don't think Clemson makes sense, and I think they would rather go to the SEC, the SEC anyway. Yeah. Um, so I can see North Carolina, or yeah, I agree. I think it would be Oregon or Washington would be their next two, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, once Notre Dame, I think that is the next domino, whether it's this during, before this season, I think it's more likely after this season. Then, you know, you, you, they get Oregon, Washington, maybe set some deals in the future for some ACC schools hopefully set up like an east-west just logistically i still don't understand how that you would think they set up some sort of east-west thing yeah. but they get the rest of those you know mid-tier pac-12 some of the bottom pac-12 go to the big 12 and then the rest of the acc teams like clemson florida state when the time comes go to sec eventually like i think you're gonna have to cave a little bit to the regional aspect of things well, look the- at what just happened to the backyard brawl man well, the, sold out in an hour. Well, the one thing that I, I think is going to be interesting, obviously, is is the, you know, whether or not football cuts away and you know keeps these non-revenue sports kind of in their own area. Because, you know, if you're playing a you know lacrosse match or a softball match or something, and you're going from, you know, Piscataway, New Jersey to Pasadena, California, I believe the flight time is comparable. If you're going from Piscataway to Dublin, Ireland, yeah, wow. then to, uh, you know, from Piscataway to, uh, you know, Southern California. So what I wish that's going to be a real question. What yeah. I wish would happen real quick, and I wish they would all just get together. I wish the four, you know, what's really just left of four, to be honest, power five. Well, no, there's five. Yeah, I'll count the big 12. Five. I wish they would all just get together. Tell the NCAA, do what you want with everything else. You just don't get football. We're all going to sit down in a room. We all agree this is just getting out of control. It's not probably really great for the product. Let's sit down and we'll create our own rules. We'll create our own board of overseers. We'll create our own NIL stuff. And we will create our own maybe four conferences. And we will decide like regionally how those teams should be set up. And we'll all split all the money. Right? Like You yeah. should just have... Caught like we will sell the rights as one. Yeah, you have like you basically thing. have like a what sixty? I think you know right now it's sixty. You you sell like a seventy-two, you know, sixty something to seventy-two team college football league, yeah. and that way it's like an NFL, like NFL deal or yeah. something like that. And where then you, you can yeah. have more of the regional stuff get a little bit cleaned up. And, and then also, like you know, you can do something more like, you know, almost what the NFL does with CBS and Fox, where it's like. Maybe, you know, I mean, heck, you could almost split them up in, you know, in, like an AFC and NFC and be like, well, Fox gets these games, but, yeah. you know, and just deliberately well, fix them do. up. I mean, that's what the Big Ten's doing. They're yeah. so smart. I mean, they're, they're selling off different packages. And like, yeah. So I guess now to kind of transition, um, you know, we've talked about Notre Dame a lot. Well, Notre Dame and Ohio have some, uh, have some, some Talk big. Talk about Bobcats? Yeah. Yeah. Ohio or Ohio the State? Ohio. Ohio well, State. the state of Ohio. Yeah, 
an asshole. Whatever. Uh, Ohio That's State. Shameful to Athens. Everybody in Athens, we apologize for Greg's blasphemy. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone that they're Ohio. That, I'm sorry that everyone at Ohio Dominican is probably upset at me too. <laughs> Ohio Northern. Uh, Eight Ohio baby. Uh, but Ohio State uh, starting their season with a with a little bit of a bang here, welcoming the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Uh, you know, as far of a 12-game seat, you know, 12-game season, uh, obviously, you know, you have your, you have Butch Jones coming to town afterwards, too, which will be a tough one. Uh, the Rockets, uh, is Ohio State scared to go to the, to the Glass Bowl? People are asking. Uh, but, you know, as far as an overall season, definitely some difficult games. Uh, you know, some of the Western teams you're playing, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa, but you get Wisconsin- in Iowa and Michigan all at home. Uh, you know, your two big away games are probably going to be uh, East Lansing and uh, State College. Mm-hmm. So Michigan State and Penn and State. And Penn State announced they are not doing a special whiteout for that game, by the way. It's about Which time. Which is ruin, ru- it's about ta- It's about the time. The Ohio State-Penn State game is always around Halloween, sometimes on Halloween, and they I'll give them that. It's always exciting when they go to State College and they do the whiteout at night full moon and people wearing masks and shit. No, they're not doing anything fun because they know they're going to get their ass kicked. So, yeah. So that's a bummer to, uh, to kind of, <laughs> sorry, I just, I read that. I'm pre- so offended, but preview it. the, the Ohio state season, their non-conference, as we mentioned, three home games, Notre Dame, Arkansas state, Toledo, their, uh, uh, big 10 West opponents, uh, Wisconsin at home, uh, Iowa at home, and then a Thank tricky God. little November 5th matchup in Evanston. It's going to be windy and cold. And, no and there's going to be like 12 be people in the stadium. Yeah, no one's going to want to be there. Um, you're going to see Chicago across the lake, but you're staying in a podunk little town. So, I mean, the, the big question that, that you know, boy, I guess we kind of have every year is success for Ohio State is a Big Ten championship appearance, is a college football appearance, uh, beating Notre Dame. Well, yeah, not, not, this, well, yeah. not fair this well, year. Yeah. Uh, winning all of their rivalry games, which fair. would yeah. really be the Michigan game. Beating Michigan, yeah. uh, winning the Big Ten, yep. or well, winning the Big Ten East and winning the Big Ten championship. <laughs> okay, we don't have to cut it down that short, but yeah. But uh, – I guess coming into this season, obviously have CJ Stroud back uh, for the first time in a long time, or for the first time in a while. Uh, have didn't win the Big Ten East last year. Going into this year, what they what's your tied for the Big Ten? What's but. your what's your confidence level? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I have no concerns right now. Um, the only thing that sucks when they, you know, once in a generation at this rate lose to that team up north and don't win the Big Ten is like, you know, the next year they're just going to like literally viking it up and rape and pillage everybody. Like, that's all you keep hearing. Like, CJ, uh, I'm excited. They're, they're, they're stoked. They're excited. Uh, and then, you know, I love that Notre Dame ex-Buckeye Marcus Freeman decided to give them a shitload of bulletin board material for I don't know why. He did that, and because I was a little bit worried about that one, and then he's been like talking shit for no reason. And I don't even think he means to, and I'm just like, okay, well, they got that game sewn up. <clears throat> um, oh yeah, they're gonna like, there's yeah, 
hundred percent. They they return C.J. Stroud, who should be the favorite for the Heisman. Honestly, still should have won it last year. I would still argue that to this day. He played great at Michigan. It wasn't his fault. It was like, damn defense. Um, you're returning a three-headed monster at running back. Probably, you made the argument, the best offensive line in the Big Ten at minimum is back. You got what? The best two. receiving core. Probably better than most NFL teams have. They got about like 10 guys deep. Well, at least better than a couple teams, Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor Justin Fields. Um, and then, you know, the defense, they have a ton of talent. Not quite. Yeah, look, we got to wait and see some results here. But I think Jim Knowles was the best hire. He does everything I've been saying for years that they needed. Don't just rely on athleticism. Get a coach who knows how to scheme. And that's all he does is scheme, scheme, scheme. There will be some bumps in the road. It's going to be a change. I'm not saying they're going to be perfect. So but you're saying he's a schemer. He's a schemer. So yeah. you, are you saying 12 and now? Oh, you, they're not undefeated. I think it's an utter disappointment. If they don't win the national title and roll, it's an utter disappointment. Uh, so I, I guess I would say looking at the regular season then, that's that that the, should be the that's the bar every year, fellas. Oh, so, so oh looking, believe me, I know what the bar is look, for Ohio State. <laughs> looking at the oh, I know. I, I was sitting there with you watching the Oregon game. It was very funny. Um, <laughs> taking a look at the schedule, where's your biggest worry? Which one are you? Which one yeah, are you yeah, only ninety nine percent sure that okay, they're going to that, win? That's fair. Um, again, I would have said Notre Dame. I'm I'm very confident because. Whatever reason, Marcus Freeman just—he seems like not—he doesn't want to, but okay. he just can't well, not first talk off, shit. First off, you want to know the reason? You want to know the reason? You coach and get brought up with a man named Big Dick Fick, and he's named that for a reason. So if Marcus Freeman wants to swing it around, he's gonna swing it around. All right. <laughs> yeah, he coached for a guy who literally played and coached at Ohio State for like three decades. But all right, uh, and was his. Co- I think exactly. Big, Where do you think he learned it from, Mister One Hundred Percent Confidence? You know, Jim Trestle. That's uh, where he learned it from. The one that worries me. I, Gross. I, I would give you the north. I'd give you the Northwestern. Maybe. Uh, no. Th- th- I'll give you. Here's where I might give you a game. Here's my concern: is this weird three game lull before that the big game? You know, you got Northwest at Northwestern. You get Indiana. That's going to be a noon game. It's at Ohio Stadium, but still, it's a weird. Indian always plays Ohio State stuff at noon. If it's big, and then noon. they got to go to Maryland noon, again, big. again at noon. Like that's a weird three-game lull there. Oh, you that got t- you got a uh, you got uh, Talia. Yeah, yeah, you got Talia. Yeah, you got Talia. So oh, yeah, um, yeah. that that stretch concerns me. Not a lot, but that does it does it is a little worrisome that they don't have another game to get up for. They get what about the know, game Pens- we're going to? The Toledo game at seven. Yeah, at seven, right? It is. It's weird. I mean, now it's still early enough in the year. Guys are excited. They're not beat up. It's it's go time. Um, it's a seven o'clock game. Everybody's playing at night. The the, it's the w- noon games that worry me when you have to go play at noon. I was about to say the one the one that I I would say would have worried me before yeah. what you said earlier. <laughs> Is uh, if Penn State was a whiteout? Oh yeah, I would say Michigan State. Obviously, I think everyone realizes that Mel Tucker's a a, a solid coach. Yeah, he's a good coach. But so they're still I, relying on transfers a lot. Well, I, I, I'm I'm just saying they'll be up for that game. Yeah, yeah. They'll so be up I would for say, that. you know, you have Michigan State, and then you would have the whiteout at Penn State. I would be a little bit worried about that, like Iowa home game in the middle. Yeah. 
For sure. But not having the Penn State whiteout. I'm just bummed about that. It's probably like yeah. 12 o'clock. That game's always at night. It's always around Halloween. I thought that was a great tradition. Penn State, High State on I was about to weekend. say. That was always a fun time, and they, Penn State ruined it. The one And the other problem usual, is, I would but, say, like, Wisconsin yeah. or Iowa, like, more if you were playing in, like, one, if you were playing in Iowa or Wisconsin, oh, and yeah, two, if sure. you were playing in, like, November, where it's, like, snowing sideways sure. or something, but where playing them early it's kind of a, it's kind of a crap shoot. Concerned about that. I, I, I guess I would have to say maybe if Penn State tries to do, like, a noon game on the 29th, like, that might be... Once again, I, I would still put my money I still think on because James Franklin likes to. I respect him, but he likes to run his mouth a little bit too. You got to think of the coaches you're playing. Oh, I, I James would... Franklin will say a couple things yeah. in there that I'm. I don't know, man. Do. He has he has like Mike Pence energy. I'm still I'm still saying that <laughs> oh, Ohio, that Ohio Pence. State probably. Ferentz has Mike Pence energy. <laughs> Kurt Ferris will say, "Did you reset Big Ten Media Days? Like, why? Why aren't you frustrated? You don't get to. Why don't? Why don't you win more?" And he's like, "Because Ohio State's in the conference." I was like, "You don't even play them every year, but you're already sucking their dick." Like, and like what? Like the second to last time you played them, you beat yeah, them because like you play like every two three of the years. last four times that they've won handedly. Yeah. So I don't even know. So I yeah, I'm I'm probably <laughs> going to say Penn State because yeah, once again Notre Dame. So I would expect Ohio State to probably be twelve and zero going to Indianapolis. But you know, to if you had Wisconsin to pick a game again. Um Yeah, that that there's the other big question. Who who are you expecting uh Ohio State to play? I'm gonna go Wisconsin. Just because it's like that's a, North Wisconsin or Northwestern, those are your safe bets. Um Hey. I'll give you a dark horse. Hey. Scott Frost coaching for his job. Is it the Huskers? No. Shh, shh, shh. Row the boat. Row oh, the there boat, There you go. You're baby. taking the gophers. All right, all right. PJ Fla- the worst, the worst outfit of all time on the sidelines. Love him. The weird. He's got like, he's got the like weird the weird. Zip well, he, the... no, it's like a, it's like a vest yeah. with like a tie to... underneath it. And then he wears like the gold. The the gold pants, but yeah, they're like capris. Yeah, like the soccer pants. Are yeah, there. yeah, weird. Yeah. So uh, give me, give me PJ. I'll Fleck. run through a brick wall Who? for that guy, though. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, Josh, who's Ohio State playing? Or are you picking someone else out of the East? Ooh. <sighs> uh, he's, a, he's on the Shiano train, baby. <laughs> are we talking talking trap game? Well, yeah, first well, yeah, trap game. Trap game. It was your trap game. Uh, probably Maryland, just because you know, out for vengeance, out for vengeance this year in the big game, and you know, going out there the week before. I remember last time they were in that situation. Yeah, narrowly. Yeah, it was what like fifty-two to fifty. Yeah, and then they whooped the crap, and the Red Venge tour was canceled. Uh, Yeah, the next week. But that did happen. They nearly they nearly let it slip away from them. They did. They did. Don't want to overlook it now. And then what was the other game I'm picking? Uh, who? Who do you think Ohio State? If you if you're picking them to go to the Big Ten yeah, championship, who do, you, who do you have winning the Big Ten East? Who, well, who, yeah, who do you have in the Big Ten East? Yeah, who who who's your Big Ten championship matchup? Yeah. I, that's <sighs> probably probably Nebraska, just because again. Whoa, he's going with the Scott Frost. Yeah, oh. just because again, like I, I thought, I honestly that's thought, my dark horse. I'm going with Wisconsin to be honest, but well, just because you're not a Brett Bielema guy. <laughs> I mean, every year, every <laughs> year, it's just like we're co- we're committed to Scott Frost. We're committed to Scott Frost. We're committed to Scott Frost. He's coaching like, for his job. They, how you how do much it. longer are you going this to be committed year. to Scott Frost? Who is Scott Frost's quarterback this year? I don't even know. They had, 
Because I know uh, what's his yeah Adrian. He's just such a crap he finally, shoot, man. He I finally mean, transferred to Kansas State, I think. So yeah, I don't know. What another shitty place to go? Oh, it's like a JUCO in California. Whoa, what, Manhattan, in, Kansas. They go stay in the middle of nowhere. Man, anymore. well, no, you know why? Because there was a there was a big thread for a while. It was like, uh, what? Uh, JT Daniels went to uh, West Virginia because his girlfriend was there. Adrian mm-hmm. Martinez's girlfriend was at Kansas State. So how's your girl? He's from like California, though. How's your girlfriend? I don't know. Okay, whatever. I don't yeah, know. We're getting down there. Okay, Josh. So you got Huskas. And Buckeyes, who you got? I mean, the Buckeyes. Oh, okay, cool. Dope, 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 bros. <laughs> yeah, I would say Ohio State's probably either going to be your one or two seed going into the college football yeah. playoff. Yeah. Depending I, on, once again, depending on whether or not the SEC champion loses a game or not. Yeah. Fair. Not, once again, not taking away anything, but just based media bias, you know. Oh, for sure. I'm not, I'm not, uh, not Going slightly, just a little bit down the the rankings uh, to a team in a little bit of turnover, but a team that did go to the college football playoff last year. uh, The Cincinnati Bearcats, thank God, their last year in the AAC. Because this this schedule is utterly a trip. It sucks. (laughs) Because... Like, I honestly almost considered buying, like, season tickets, and then you look, their home games. Their home games are awful. Kennesaw State, Indiana, Southern Florida, Navy, East Carolina, Tulane. That Navy one is the only one I'm super interested in. I so, guess Indiana, too. But So, I mean, you look at their, their three-game non-conference schedule. Obviously, the big one, September 3rd, 3.30 ESPN, go to Fayetteville. To face Arkansas, then uh, face Kennesaw State. A little, little triple option look from the Owls. And then, uh, for whatever reason, they're still playing this stupid-ass game. But uh, could, it's the Battle of the Bell. Bro. Could. <laughs> Tiebreaker. T- take, yeah, could take the all-time series lead after winning, like, 16 straight. Uh, going to... At Paul Brown Stadium, I believe. Is it Paul uh, Brown Stadium? Paul it is. Brown, I'm, pretty, really? I'm yeah. fairly certain it's a Paul Brown year. I hate that they do that. Fuck that. Yeah. Why'd you make all those renovations to Nippert to them? Well, still gonna play a game. They're making renovations at not Paul Brown Stadium because they're doing. Paul Brown looks like shit anyway. Paul Brown is in his grave, sir. To to do the stadium, sir. (laughs) (laughs) To to for whatever reason to placate this like way little brother instead of doing two years at Nippert and one year at. Wherever the hell Miami plays, uh, uh, something field. Yell, Yeltman, Yelich, Yolin, Yolin Field. Uh, they do one year at Nippert, one year at Paul Brown, one year that in Oxford. Yeah, that's dumb. That's stupid. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I decided from now on, I the NCAA, the big, the big wigs of college sports should hire me as Jaeger Stadium. Jaeger, there you go. As tradition, chief of tradition officer, so CTO, I'll be chief, chief of tradition officer. Any scheduling, any different fun things they're gonna want to do. I, love I get s- to make the final decisions. I love on how seriously how those, you're pitching us this. Right I'm 100 percent serious. Again, Penn State, if they came, like we're not doing a whiteout. Like you're doing a whiteout. CTO spoken. See, this Boom, is just all about at the, night. This is just all about the whiteouts. Uh, no, no, no. Because I would say with that, no Paul Brown, no NFL stadiums unless you're Pitt, because. 
it's fucking Pitt. But like, no, but, no, but that's dumb. Pitt, if you're gonna play in an NFL stadium, you got to play West Virginia every year. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Back your brawl. If you're if you got your rivals in different conferences, I don't care. You're playing each other. Kansas still better play Missouri. Oh my God, we can't miss that. Yeah, exactly. Right. If anybody's hearing it out, I'm willing to do it. I'll apply for the job. All right. So taking a look at this Bearcat uh, schedule, obviously a lot of turnover, uh, you know, especially on the defense, uh, you know, losing both of your, your corners, uh, you know, several high round picks, a little bit of a quarterback competition between uh, Cincinnati transfer, Eastern Michigan transfer, Ben Bryant, and, uh, you know, four-star prospect. Evan Prater. Guys, are you expecting Cincinnati to have a third straight undefeated regular season? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. You think they're going to go in to Arkansas, really? That's Fayetteville. The, that's Fayetteville, baby. That's, that's really the only, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, let's be honest, that's it, really. Yeah, no, I know, but they're, they're there's a lot of, they have a lot of talent. A lot of turnover. I think the biggest question you have with the Bearcats right now is the secondary. What? You know who 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 else is gonna uh, who else is gonna fill in there after you lost Sauce Gardner, obviously. Um, but you know the schedule, like Greg was saying, the schedule's just so like when you look at it after last year, you're just like, man, like can't 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 we can't we do the, the Big Twelve yeah. now? I know my parents want to keep going to a game. I haven't been to a game since. A year after I graduated, I was like, yeah, let's go to a game. And then you look at the schedule, and you're like, I don't really want to go to a game. That seems like a waste of three hours. Um, I think the last game I went to, I actually went to with Josh in 2019. And I I, I think I left like right after halftime because it was 35 minutes. They were playing UConn. Yeah. yeah it was like yeah. 35 That was that game we watched Desmond Ritter. Like he was hardly able to like get five yards down the field against UConn. Yeah, and they were still running up and down the field. My, how times change. But, but the 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 other thing is, you know, having Arkansas, especially with you know, like last year, I think they they played Miami week one, and I yeah. think they played Miami, then they played uh, maybe it was twenty twenty, but I think they played Austin PP right after that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, they had Notre Dame like uh, the first week of October. <laughs> which was a little bit nicer. And especially when you're trying to figure out a new quarterback, I think if they could, you know, if they would have had like Kennesaw state or Miami, Kennesaw state or in whatever order, Indiana, and then Arkansas, mm. then maybe you're looking, maybe, you know, you can get a little Evan Prater on a roll. I'm kind that, of worried that, uh, curious what's on the Indiana game might be, uh, you know, it's, it's Joshie's wedding, but, uh, if it's early enough, maybe, uh, Maybe you I, and the girls can get dressed Ooh. up and go hit the Indiana game on our way down. <laughs> hey, I'd be lying if I if I said I hadn't discussed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, discuss that. Hey, yeah, where, hey, worst that. worst case, we can be sitting in the back watching it on our phones. I, I mean, uh, totally paying attention. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, no, I think I, I'm like yes, Arkansas is a very big challenge and going in there is a challenge but i think you have like last year you saw how much the defense like shut down situations like that oh, yeah. and i just think it's a matter of like if you have the talent in there to step up and fill those shoes arquan bush is back and everything uh you got uh deshaun deshaun pace's brother i ivan ivan pace uh, ivan pace jr, jr. Uh, uh came over uh off a of transfer from miami yeah from miami uh jq hardaway 
uh, Javon Hicks. You know, you've definitely got uh, guys in there that can uh, step up. You've still got, a, you know, I feel like a decent linebacker core. Um, and obviously glass eaters up front. But I, and, and that's another hole, I think, that you, you know, have to fill. But if you can get that part ready, I think that you can stay in that game enough for Because let's not forget, behind Evan Prater is Ben Bryant. Or and, in front of Evan Prater is Ben Bryant. Or in Bryant. front of Ben. Yeah, exactly. They haven't, you know, well, I've, that, been told, I've been told we won't know the answer to that question till the night before that's the, the Arkansas game. I mean, but that's, that's what worries me. No. Yeah, that that's definitely worse. So, I mean, I was, I was, I mean, yeah, you're gonna make it play out like it's a. Um, well, why would a guy? Why would a guy transfer back from a max? Transfer back from a starting job? Exactly. His last Unless year, they literally had some concerns with Prater, and I thought that was Prater's job. Blue, don't be wrong. I'm just saying that that's concerning to me, though. I would be concerned. So they're two different. They're two completely different types. They of are, but yeah. you're not concerned. Oh no. So, uh. So let's you didn't mention Corey Kiner, by the way, the great Corey well, Kiner. And, that's, and yeah, Corey Kiner's back. Greg like, and I uh, called his coming out party. On oh my party. god! I was going to say <laughs> hey, you're talking to like we all we all were a part of uh, like that that we've Roger done, Bacon yeah. game. He wanted to go down, eat some Cajun food for a year. For you guys have called some home. of those Roger Bacon games. I have done many a games that Evan Prater has played in. You know, I've oh, yeah. I've seen this talent up close. Like the quarterback's different than running back. Though. Let's be real. Right. I know. But let's let's keep in mind, Ben Bryant is one of those more pocket passers, cannon of an arm. Yeah, yeah, Evan yeah, Prater yeah. is a true dual threat quarterback. Right. So let's well, let's start with the the. At we'll, least let's it's start not with, Mike Denbrock. Home let's start with our so. first two questions. That's for, another big key, right? For there. both <laughs> of you guys, uh, one first series in Fayetteville that the offense comes out, mm-hmm. which quarterback is on the field? Two. What's UC's record this year? And there's kind of a follow-up to that of what would be a successful year for the Bearcats, too. Because I think, you know, UC fans have almost been a little bit spoiled to where they right. expect a 12-0 and season. Yeah. Especially, you know, maybe not next year in the Big 12, but at least we're in the AAC. Hey, we should win every game. They, they, yeah, they're spoiled, and rightfully so. That's what Ohio football, every Ohio football school this season that way. This season reminds me of FC Cincinnati's last season in the USL. Where yeah, you feel like you should win every single game because you know your talent is just that much better than the rest of the league, you know. I, and I understand, you know, apples and oranges right there, USL soccer and right. college football, sure. But but you're making that move up to a bigger league. Yeah, you're making that move up to a bigger league, and you've already prepped yourself for it. I think if they, you know, they can get through that Arkansas game, honestly, when if we're talking records here. The game that worries me the most is what would likely be, and you can let me know if you disagree with this, what would likely be the American Championship game in Houston. Houston is supposed to be fairly formidable this year and kind of opposite of UC's situation where, you know, they've kept a lot of talent. Yeah. They could have trouble with that game this year when they, you know, play Arkansas to start the season and then, you know, cakewalk, I don't know, or what, whatever, what term you want to use there through the rest of the light American schedule and then get to a formidable team like Houston. I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Well, so, who's so, on the field? Who's so, yeah, so snap? who's on the field oh, and right. what's who's their on, record? Who's what's, on the field? what's their regular season record? Regular you, can, you can talk if you say, hey, they're going to go to the American Championship and they're going to go to the 
college football playoff or Fiesta Bowl or Birmingham Ticket Smarter Bowl or what, whatever. Yeah. 12, 12 and 0. I still say 12 and 0. Right. Um, and, I, and I do believe that it will be Evan Prater back there week one. All right. Uh, it's got to be Evan Prater. Exactly. I it think has ben to be Bryant because you want to see. Because he had a chance. But I think he also had a he got he got to have his career year, and, and I think he wanted to come back. Competition is good, and he wanted to come back back to Cincinnati. And that's why he came up. But it's got to be Prater, um, with all the lumps and everything involved with that. And that's why I think, as you're facing another team in the SEC, who I think is starting to try to rebuild, and they have exactly. a perfect coach. I'm just saying, I think they're a step ahead. I think they fall in Fayetteville. I'm. I mean, I hope not, but I think they do. And they fall at Fayetteville, rattle off. Even if they do lose it in Arkansas, I would still I would still game. rather see them go with yeah. Mr. Ohio football times no, two I mean. out of the backfield and see what they have against an SEC team that is also I'm be kind of slightly rebuilding. more because again they're rebuilding in some ways they're getting ready and I love the recruiting class they got coming in this next year is going to be a huge pop retool in the barrel. Yeah, retool retool I think ten and two or eleven and two so I think they win the AAC I think they get back there they win it. And then they they stumble one more time. You're you're a jerk, okay? I'm yeah. a jerk. Yeah, because you're stealing my fire. I'm giving them that they're still win. I think they will because I think Luke Fields gonna have coached by the end of the year when they play Houston in the championship game. They're playing their best football, and everybody's like, "That's the team." You're, we'll see you're next not year. A, you're not a dick for for speaking the truth. You're a dick for stealing my thunder oh, before I come uh, in. I, I ten and two, and then or eleven and two. I guess I'm thinking Jim Trestle Tree. I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking. He starts Ben Bryant. Oh, you're going Ben Bryant. Evan Prater. Evan Prater is the starter by the Indiana game. Uh, they lose to Arkansas. I think any of the big games that they have aside of the Arkansas game, because yeah. that's so early. I think they beat UCF. I think yeah. they beat Houston. I think they maybe falter against maybe SMU or something. Yeah. Finish ten and two. Beat Houston in the AAC championship, and then go to a. I don't know what the college football playoffs are this year, but I, you know, like a Fiesta Bowl. I right, think they right. still, I think they still, or at least nice in the conversation, yeah. they are either maybe there's a twelve and zero, maybe there's twelve and zero BYU or something. But I think they go to uh, like a Fiesta Bowl or something yeah, this year, for sure. Which would I, I think still be a still a great year. And I think you know, depending on who they play, I think they finish either eleven and three in a very hard fought fiesta bowl, or I think they honestly have a chance to finish twelve and two and finally get their first like New Year's six bowl win, especially if they're not playing like a big SEC team, you know, that like should be in the playoff. Building off maybe they get like a Baylor or something. Coming in, coming in the big and they you made the argument going into next year if everything goes right. And I trust Luke Fickle on that. I think he knows how to build programs now. I think he's proven that. Oh yeah. Uh they could be the best team rolling into the Big Twelve next year. You know what I mean? Everybody in the Big 12, like, oh, shit. All right, guys. We're gonna, we'll probably do this 10 more times yeah, this we'll year, talk about it a lot. which I love because this love is my favorite thing to do. Before we end this segment, your early, early preseason prediction, your college football playoff. Josh, who are you going with? Oh, Jesus. Um, I wasn't prepared for this. Oh, catch me out. <laughs> probably college football playoff, just the four. Um, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and the fourth one's a toss-up, man. I don't know, man. The fourth one's hard. Um, 
I, don't, I, I genu- ah, man, maybe I, Texas A&M maybe because I feel like they were they kind of got left out this year. They're going to have an edge on them. So much has to work out for that fourth spot, and I don't see like there, there's like clearly Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. I don't know who you want to take for your fourth one. I guess I'm going Texas A&M. Ooh, all right, I got it, Zach. Yeah, I'm going Bama, Ohio State. Utah, the Utes coming in. What? What? Are you... Really? Maybe on a latter day. Oh boo! Yeah, I'm going Utah. I'm sorry. I, you know what? I don't. I don't just go with what the prognosticator tells me. Prognosticator go Alabama, High State, Georgia, Clemson. That's what ESPN told me to do. No, I'm going the U- the Utes. <laughs> the final year of the Pac-12, in my opinion. Well, Dabo's soft. I just don't trust Clemson. the Clemson thing. Greg, you asked the question. Let's go. Come on. Now. I well, I'm I my you my original for this. We did not. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm we off just the rattled off with my, my original here, one. On. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Utah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were looking at me like I'm a moron. Like you picked Utah, you piece of shit. <laughs> no, Kyle Whittingham. I mean, you no, saw you I saw thought... that offense. If the yeah. defense gets healthier, I mean, you know, that was their big weakness. I think. Utah is a very good team. I would also put, you know, like a Baylor up there as as a mm-hmm. five. Maybe Notre Dame, you know, gets in with the one loss, but I still think they have too much. And if Notre Dame can get in if it's a tight game in Columbus. Yeah. If not, and I mean, yeah. you look at you look at Clemson's schedule this year. I mean, Georgia Tech, Furman, Louisiana Tech. South Carolina. I mean, they play Miami at home. I guess they go to Notre Dame. So really, whoever wins that Clemson Notre Dame game, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much for the third spot. So I think so much alike. Look at us. Oh, look at that, <laughs> Zach and I, for once in our lives, finally getting along. <laughs> All right, we want to thank all of our listeners once again for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. We, unlike my bowels, will be more regular going forward, uh, getting you prepped for everything Ohio sports, beer, and fun. So uh, we're going to finish off this show, as we normally do, with our shout-outs. Of course, want to thank all of our fantastic listeners of 30 Rack of Sports. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, we love doing it, and we're so thankful that we have people that, that listen to our shenanigans every week. Uh, we also want to thank Dank House Brewing Company uh, from Newark. Newark. New, Newark. Newark. I you live in the state. Newark. Nurk. Nurk. Uh, there's Spuds McKensley, uh, American IPA. Uh, it's been a, a a nice drink, just a nice yeah. Drinking beer to, uh, you know, talk a little sports with with the boys. So uh, we're also going to finish with our personal shout-outs. Zach, you're back this week. Who are you shouting out? Uh, I'm going to go and shout-out Chris Holtman, head coach of the Buckeyes. Uh, you know, Buckeye football, people have been paying attention up till today. Had a couple of decommits, big time. But the basketball team's been on a roll. Um, they are now the number three recruiting class in the country behind Duke and Kentucky with the signing of five-star Scotty Middleton out of Kansas. Very nice. So um, it's looking up this year for Buckeyes basketball. 
should see some noise at a great recruiting class, and now they're bringing in potentially number three. They might have another guy, though, so they could be one or two. So looking good. Is Buckeye basketball back? Did it ever leave? But it definitely left for a while. But, yeah, they might be back. All righty. Uh, for my shout-out, uh, a shout-out that's, uh, I would say, near and dear to uh, both uh, you know Josh and I, uh, one of our former uh, classmates in high school, uh, former first-round pick of the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, TJ Zoik uh, from Mason, Ohio, uh, by way of uh, Pitt, uh, was a first-round pick of the Blue Jays. Uh, he was one of the top prospects, uh, you know, in their organization. Um, you know, pitched off and on in the big leagues, had a four-five-nine ERA, uh, and only forty-nine innings for the Jays. He uh, he got traded to the Cardinals uh, late last year. Pitched for him actually in AAA right before he got traded. Had a no-hitter for uh, the Buffalo Bison. Uh, had a pretty rough start to this year, to put it lightly. Had uh, like an 11 ERA through his first uh, handful of starts. Uh, got DFA'd by the Cardinals and the Memphis Redbirds. Uh, was picked up by the Reds. Uh, was pitching in Louisville. Uh, you know, had a couple of short starts, but was finally starting to find his form. Uh, had a, I believe, a six-inning, uh, 12 strikeout game for the Louisville Bats. So we'll get another chance in the MLB this time for his hometown team. Uh, in New York, uh, TJ Zoic getting called up for a Wednesday start for the Cincinnati Reds. And I know the whole city of Mason, and especially, uh, you know, Josh and I, uh, will be rooting real hard for TJ. You know, obviously not a Reds fan, but we'll be rooting super hard for uh, actually a former teammate of mine. So, you know, a little, little third-grade baseball, Zach. <laughs> so uh, we'll be rooting hard for TJ, and uh, hopefully he can stick for uh, for the Reds. Guy cut me down many many a times, oh, many yeah, a times all, in high school. <laughs> also struck me out a bunch, but like the one year we were teammates. Yeah, good luck to him. It's awesome to see him get, him, get a start for his hometown team. Uh, my shout-out is going to be to FC Cincinnati striker Brandon Vasquez for getting a call-up uh, to replace Taddy Castellanos, who left uh, NYCFC. Um, and he will be replacing Taddy in the MLS All-Star game, which gives FC Cincinnati two MLS All-Stars. Uh, and that is, uh, I believe, this Friday night against the uh, Liga MX. Uh, that's Mexico's domestic league against their All-Stars up in Minnesota. Should be it's usually actually a pretty fun match since they switched to this format. Yeah, uh, but you know Vasquez leads MLS in non-penalty goals. It's been great to see him have a coming out year. Got to see him score another one this past year. Man loves his pancakes. Been trying to suggest a sugar and spice diner down in since downtown Cincinnati for some pancakes. But shout out Vasquez. Yeah, Vasquez. Uh, you know, in the MLS, with uh, unlike kind of the MLB or the NBA, where you get East and West All Stars, with the way the All Star game has been since the MLS has started you basically only get one for all 24 teams. So it's tough to kind of find guys. He was still the, probably the biggest snub. So good to see, you know, I don't think FC Cincinnati has had any all-stars before this year. Nope. So good to see a couple guys. And as far as a snub, uh, Vasquez was definitely up there, a guy that can uh, definitely uh, flip a game on its head. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, at least... Uh, you know, for a game that who knows how much it means, it's at least a, a good honor for a guy that deserves it. And shout out Dankhouse, man. It was a good IPA. Uh, I enjoyed seeing Spuds McKinsley. <laughs> shout out to Spuds. Shout out to our listeners. And shout out, of course, to Zach 
for being back. Josh, on the ones and twos. Yep, yep. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. We'll be back next week to talk even more football. Hopefully not NFL. That would make me sad. Peace.